You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from Radio Row at Super Bowl 57, this is the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show live from Radio Row here in Phoenix. And we have actually doubled the number of Delaware Blue Hand quarterbacks on Double. the Double. We're now up to two, but we have way more NFL passing yards, way more uh, Pro Bowls and an MVP. Rich Gannon joining us here in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, Sirius XM, where we, we just pulled them from. Uh, and as I said, NFL uh, legend and MVP as well. And most importantly, another Delaware Blue Hen. Uh, so we'll start with a blue hen question. Brett Veach, he's he's built these Chiefs in the the GM office, uh, a former blue hen as well. Uh, what is it about this Chiefs offense or this Chiefs roster? I'll say, other than Patrick Mahomes is really good, that has allowed them to have the success the past few years. I think Brett Veach has done an amazing job working alongside Andy. We're so proud of him, Tim. Mm-hmm. As you know, he's a f- fellow fellow Delaware blue hen, and I think I think his ability to uh, identify draft and then develop once they get him into the building. There's an amazing job with that coaching staff. And I think they find some players that fit the scheme. They do some Isaiah Pacheco. You mm-hmm. know, you look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, they find players that Tyree kill. They find players that they kind of fit their system of, of, of football and what they want to do, and, and, and they're complementary to players like Travis Kelsey. And I think, of course, you know, the guy that really – talk to Andy Reid, the guy that deserves the most credit for finding Patrick Mahomes is Brett Veach. Mm-hmm. He, he, he was he – was, early in the process was a guy that really went down and did a lot of research on him watched his game spent time with him and I think that was an absolute home run when you when you bring a quarterback in in the second season's playing like a you know a perennial pro bowl player and now they've been to five straight AFC championship games uh in their third Super Bowl I think you've I think you've certainly recognized as one of the best in the business and then on the other side there's there's Jalen Hurts what would a win for him do for the the running quarterbacks right people may forget how you used to use your legs a lot more when when you were younger because we remember all the passing yards with the Raiders but but Hurts is a running quarterback kind of in the truest sense and if he wins a Super Bowl it'd be really the first of that kind to do it yeah I think I think when you look at Jalen Hurts I think the the evolution has been pretty amazing his first year he played in four or five games last year there's a lot of talk in Philadelphia about maybe the Eagles will be in the quarterback market in 2023. They're stockpiling draft picks. Didn't play very well against the Buccaneers in in the postseason game a year ago. And then this year, it's been a completely different story. I think it's a quarterback that where the game is slowing down for him. Tim, you know what that's like having played the position. I think you know he's a guy that's processing better. I think he feels a lot more comfortable functioning from the pocket. I think he's taken more time. Uh, and he's more patient. He's not running as, as quickly. You know, I think you go back and study him last year. I think his first instinct was if it wasn't there to pull it down and run and try to make a play with his legs. A lot like what we see with Justin Fields in Chicago. This year, Jalen Hurts has become a better pocket passer. Uh, I think he's become better situationally. When you look at third down, you look at the red zone. He's done a great job taking care of the football. And again, that's probably going to be his most important job on Sunday. You know, it's the quarterback that understands the importance of ball security that can take care of the football and not put his team in harm's way. We're talking with Rich Gannon, NFL analyst for CBS Sports as well as Sirius XM, also former NFL MVP. Uh, MVPs, and, and, and this is, you're obviously one of the one of the, the, the ones in this question. They're on an 0-9 streak in the Super Bowl. MVPs are. Is that something or is that a coincidence? 
No, I think it's something. I think sometimes these teams that get here are so dependent on that position, and if a quarterback or the team around them doesn't play particularly well, I mean, like, you know, like if here's a great example: if Patrick Mahomes goes out and plays poorly or average, can the Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles? I think most people would say no. I think if Patrick Mahomes goes out and plays like he normally does, then they can win. I think they're so dependent on his production and his consistency. So if he has an off night, if he gets sacked a couple times, he throws a couple picks, you know, you'll wonder whether or not they're good enough. I mean, there's certain teams, like the Eagles, for example. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to go out and throw for 350 and, and, and three touchdowns. He doesn't. He can win this game by throwing for 170 yards. I mean, they're good enough running the football. They're good enough defensively to be able to create some negative plays, some short fields, some scoring opportunities. So I think in the back of Jalen Hurts' mind, he doesn't have to be as aggressive, whereas Patrick has to go out and really have a Patrick Mahomes-type day in order for the Chiefs to win Super Bowl 57. Do, do you feel that pressure? Like, is Mahomes right now, obviously the weight of the world is on Mahomes all the time, but, but is it even more so knowing Right, I'm the MVP. They need me to have that game. Jalen doesn't have that pressure, but I do. Does that does that weigh on you? In a, well, in I, think, a I always way? say there's two types of quarterbacks in the NFL: those that feel pressure, and those that apply pressure. I don't think Patrick Mahomes ever <laughs> feels. Pre- I don't think he ever feels pressure. I think he's in the business of applying it, and so I don't think it's going to change the way he plays. And, and the other thing about Andy Reid. Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit for being, I think, one of the best play callers in football. He's, he doesn't have a conservative bone in his body. If he, has, if he has to throw it 45 times in this game, he'll throw it. He, he doesn't care. He trusts Patrick Mahomes. He's going to put Patrick Mahomes in a position to have a chance to be successful. Patrick Mahomes has all the tools in his toolbox to go out and do that. And I think, you know, that's kind of the way they roll. I mean, they're, they're going to take their shots. They're going to take their chances. And they've got enough confidence if, for some reason, if, if they fall behind, that Patrick Mahomes can bring them from behind. We're talking with Rich Gannon here, NFL analyst, CBS Sports, Sirius XM, joining us on the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Uh, I want to get, uh, while we have you here, uh, a chance to talk about your Raiders a little bit. Derek Carr, uh, I mean, all indications on the way out within the week. Uh, what are they looking for in a quarterback that, that they need to have the success that they expect to with, with Josh McDaniels and Devontae Adams? Yeah, I think the one thing you find in this business is it's not always fair, right? And I think mm-hmm. some, so much of what happens at the quarterback position is impacted by what's going on around him. You know, I think Derek hasn't really had a great defense in his years there. There's been issues with the offense line at times. I think the, the frustrating thing this year is the Raiders and certainly Mark Davis and, and Dave Ziegler, general manager, and Josh McDaniels, they felt like the offense was good enough. The offensive line got better, that Josh Jacobs had you know was, had the best rushing season of any running back in football. You, know, you have a really good tight end in Darren Waller who missed some time this year. Hunter Renfro missed some time, but you went out and got Devontae Adams. So they really felt like the pieces were in place for Derek to have a really kind of a, a special season, and that simply didn't happen. I think the hard thing for them to get over is the one loss record, more losses and wins in his, his career. I think it was just time for a separation, and I think now the challenge for the Raiders is, is you know, you know, it's easy to move on from a quarterback, but as long as you have have a plan, I, I think the Raiders are scrambling right now a little bit. When you look at, you know, the, I think a lot of people think maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. You bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and you draft a quarterback, right? So you, I, I think, I think you're always looking at that position. I think it's it's a position that's uh, there, there's there's ten or twelve teams right now that don't have one, and I wouldn't want to be one of those ten or twelve teams. And then on the other side of that, Derek Carr is looking for a fit. We know he visited New Orleans. You're somebody who's, whose peak was on your fourth team, and, and you found it kind of later in your career. What should he be looking for to, to level up rather than level down as he moves on from the Raiders? I think a relationship, really. I think it starts there. Relationship and trust with the head coach and the play caller that, you know what, we're going to be in this thing together. We're going to win together. We're going to lose together. If, if, we can, if we can win, then we're going to be here for a long time together. If not, then one of us or both of us is going to get fired. That's just the nature <laughs> of this profession. 
I think that there's some history there with Dennis Allen. Mm-hmm. Dennis was with the Raiders with Derek, so that that certainly helps. The Saints need help at the quarterback position. Look at that division, guys. I mean, think about it. You know, you got Carolina that's in the quarterback market. The Saints are in the quarterback market. Uh, Tampa Bay is now in the quarterback market. And Atlanta uh, is in the quarterback market. So, I mean, if they could land Derek Carr, Carr that would be a huge boost for the Saints this offseason. Do, do you feel that almost like blood oath when you're when a quarterback and a coach get linked together? Like, hey, if one of us doesn't work out, we're you know both what? going down? I never down. had it. Like, like, early in my career with the Vikings, like, I was never – I went through a couple of coaching changes. I was never, I never felt like I was their guy. Mm-hmm. I got traded to Washington. I got, got there in, in September and was there for four months and then had shoulder surgery. Then I went to Kansas City and I was really, you know, a backup for the four years that I was there. But Marty Schottenheimer never really handed me the keys to mm-hmm. the car. It wasn't until I went to the Raiders in 99 with Al Davis and John Gruden that basically both of them said, here you go. This is your deal. This is your team. And run with it, and I did. Like I just, I was at the point in my career where I knew I could do it. Uh, I had had success, but I never really had my own team. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for a quarterback, you need that that relationship. You need that confidence. You need that vote of trust from the owner, the general manager, and the head coach. Before we let you go, when when you ate the keys tossed to a team, and there's Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, how, what kind of, of of responsibility is that when you're looking at all these greats and they're looking to you? Yeah, when I first got the keys, quite frankly, the car was a mess. Like the, 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 <laughs> like the, the engine didn't run well, and the, there was some problems with the the, the, the there was surface, on surface rust everywhere. <laughs> we had a couple of bad tires. It, it wasn't really good, honestly. And, and it's amazing what we were able to accomplish that first year. I spent a lot of time in the coach's office the first year just just complaining and just, just really upset. <laughs> honestly, I was, I was upset because there was a lot of players on that team in 99 that really didn't love football. A lot of players that didn't care about one another. A lot of players that didn't care about the coaching staff. A lot of players that cared about themselves. And we eventually rid the building of those type of players, and we started bringing in players that were, you know, great teammates, guys like Trace Armstrong and Rod Woodson and Jerry Rice and, you know, John Perella and, and I could go on and on. And you know, guys like that, right? We brought in a lot of <laughs> we brought in a lot of good guys that really cared about one another, were great professionals. And then all of a sudden we started getting the results. But you know, it's it's hard. I mean you talk about building a football team, you have to have players that are selfless, players that are committed to one another, and players put the, that, that put the team before themselves. Rich, before we let you go, everybody that sits in the Pitbull Tobacco and More uh, guest chair, we give the chance to make a pick. Uh, quickly, who who do you have winning and, and maybe a score? Yeah, so I, I think when you look at the, this team, I think the, the Eagles are probably, when you look at the roster, the best roster in football. I think their offensive line is superior. I think their defensive defensive front will cause some problems for Patrick Mahomes. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. But something tells me the Eagles are going to win this one by a field goal. I, I just think that Nick Surrey, they've raced through the regular season. They've had the best first-half scoring differential in football if Jalen Hurts can take care of the football, make some good decisions, I, I think he could be your NFL MVP as well. I like the Eagles by a field goal. That's Rich Gannon, former NFL MVP, joining us here on the Tim Donnelly Show. We'll be back with more live from Radio Row here in Phoenix in just a couple minutes. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Connecting you with the biggest stars at the biggest game of the year. Presented by Dream Lawns, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Welcome back into the Tim Donnelly Show right here live in Phoenix on Radio Row. Jumping in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, Miles Garrett, Browns defensive end, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-time, first-team All-Pro, 16 sacks this past year. Uh, Miles, thank you for, for jumping on with us. 
Uh, I'll start with this. We know you can hoop. We've seen the viral videos. What do we have to do to get you on offense? What do we have to do? Man, I've been I've been begging Stefanski for yeah? the last two and a half years. So He's not biting on it? It's a tough task. You know, I thought the basketball would kind of attract him to, like, the hands and the explosiveness. It hasn't it hasn't ruled him in yet, but we're, we're going to keep on asking, keep on digging. There's a lane there. Now that J.J. Watt's out of the league, he's kind of the last guy to do the tight end thing. I think you need to fill it. Uh, someone has to fill the niche. Exactly. And I think I, I can be that, that dual threat. Sp- speaking of, of, of Watt kind of uh, – leaving the league, a couple of defensive ends, a couple of edge rushers going to the Hall of Fame last night, Peppers kind of next up, Watt, you the, the, the next guy in line? Next guy? Meaning, uh, make your case, right? It took Klecko forever, didn't take DeMarcus Ware that long, you want to be on the DeMarcus Ware side of it, what do you have to do? Uh, you know, I think i got to keep on doing what I'm doing. I think, uh, you know, if I keep on plugging away, I think uh, my level of play speaks for itself. I think it's just really hard to get a First team All Pro. I, th- I thought I had a Couple that kind of year, but at the end of the day, you can only do what you do at the at the highest level. And uh, God, God decides what what's next for you and what's in store. But uh, I, I think we have what it takes to to put a lot more wins in, in the, that column. And I think those awards and those accolades will will come with that. But even if they don't, I mean, the, at the end of the day, it's a it's a team game. I look forward to to make my team better every time I step out there. We're talking with Miles Garrett here on the Tim Donnelly Show. He's sitting in the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. There's a lot of talk when the awards come out. Obviously, NFL honors last night. You brought up the first team All-Pro. You have a couple of them, would have liked to have another. Uh, they matter, right, to, to the players? Because you hear a lot of the times, right, the, oh, this guy got snubbed, this guy got snubbed, or this guy got the award. Everyone goes, who cares? It's just an award. It's about the wins. The awards matter to guys like you, right, when you're thinking of legacy and where you rank? Uh I mean, they matter in that case. Well, this guy didn't want a DPOY, this or that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's your peers who really define uh, your greatness. And as far as the writers or, you know, people who haven't played the game, they'll never understand. <laughs> like, you, sometimes you know, you'll go against someone who played against, you know, Reggie Rod or Derek Thomas, and they'll tell you there was a matchup out there that was tougher for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they would know because they, they've been out there and they've, they've been able to, to see those guys and, and uh, you know, try to block them or try to, Try to uh, defend against them. Tr- try to try to match up. Try to line up against them. And, and man, at the end of the day, I, I know my peers respect me, and so that that means the most to me as far as like individual accolades. And uh, you really are remembered of what you bring to the town, the wins you bring to the town, what what you do for them, and, and whether you can bring playoffs wins and uh, uh, conference and, and uh, Super Bowl championships to them. And so that's that's why I look forward to. I, I want to be an individual, mm-hmm. you know, and individually great as far as you know, getting awards. Of course, everyone does, but I don't think that's what will define me, and that's what uh, that's what I I you know, stay awake at night thinking about. Well, let's talk wins then. What what needs to happen for the Browns for you to be here and uh, not on Radio Row, but be here next year? You know, for for the game. Uh, hopefully, I'll be in Vegas next year. There you go. So, uh, man, hopefully, we're talking about you in Vegas next year. <laughs> I mean, it has to be, you know, one one speed. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone has to be, be one one mindset, one speed. Everyone all on the same page. They're willing to give all that it takes to, to get things going. Because now it's all on us. It's all about mentality and, and how much we really want it, how much you're really willing to give, and uh, being selfless, not having pride or ego get in the way of, uh, you know, this this goal that we have. Because everyone knows what we, what kind of talent we have on the team and, and where we can go. But 
it doesn't matter if we're, we're standing in our own way and we have our own individual goals that we want to achieve. It's all about you know trying to maximize what we what we can do on the field together and making uh, giving your your most for your brother and maximize his potential and yours. That voice you hear is Miles Garrett Brown's defensive end, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, I want to ask you about the the rules protecting the quarterback, right? Because there's there's two things you hear about defense in the nfl one it's way faster than you think the speed of the game right that's one of the bigger you know differences between college and pro not if you ask micah micah, <laughs> micah said it was slow he said he came in he said this is easy well <laughs> for, i guess maybe for some guys it's that way but but the vast majority there's a jump there uh and then the other thing is the these rules are all favoring the offense right so when the game's going that fast say you beat your guy you beat your tackle you're getting around the edge are you thinking about I can't hit him here, I can't hit him there, or are you still able to react and be instinctual? That's a little bit of both. Like, there, there were times year before last where I thought, oh, I'm going to get the ball out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't matter, like, uh, what position he's in. Like, I, I'm going to attack the ball. I'm going to try to, you know, I'm going to try to break this guy in half. <laughs> I mean, this year I feel like a lot of teams were getting the ball out quicker. And it was like a lot of a lot of uh, those calls being made consecutively, where guys like uh, Chris Jones with the, with the strip mm-hmm. and other guys who are who are going for the ball and you know, landing on them with with some of the way and getting those calls. So at the end of the day, it's like I might just want to take the sack or you know, try to get a, a clean strip sack because I might be a detriment to my team with you know, the way they're calling it now. And it's and like that's a lot to think of. In, in, in the, the, moment. the time between beating your guy and getting to the quarterback. It's really three, three and a half seconds. You have yeah. to think about it. You beat a guy, boom, that's one, one and a half, two. And now you're, you have one second to complete the play, two seconds if he, if he pats it again. And you're thinking about, yo, how do I hit this guy to avoid a penalty? And, like, you don't want to have to think about all that. But, I mean, the way they're calling it, it's, it's, it's on your mind inevitably. I, I didn't think about it, you know, years before but you know the, the way they've been doing things it, it's hard not to you bring up chris jones what does he have to do against this this eagles offensive line that everybody keeps saying all the the, the accolades and grades and everything for that offensive line are so good he's got to be himself mm-hmm. i mean the guy's dominant the guy can play inside and out and uh do you move him around a lot if, if you're the uh the chiefs going into this one yes because i mean they're going to provide help mm-hmm. so i have to be able to try to get a mismatch and try to get a a, a, a one-on-one for him and get multiple. I know he'll, he'll take advantage of it, you know, if it's there for him. But, uh, I mean, not like he's the only threat. They have they have other guys who, who can uh, make some noise and make some plays happen. But, I mean, but he is their, their guy. He's their bell cow. And just have to make sure that, you know, he's able to to, to cause some, some chaos. So maybe on a, maybe on a tight end, maybe on a – uh, Chris Jones tackle. on the tight end. I, li- I like that. I like that matchup. Or just you know trying to trying to space guys out, get in the Texas front, and uh, get him to, to work that that uh, tackle or guard by himself. I, I, last one for you before we let you go. I know your time is, is precious. Um, the there's a lot of online right the film nicks that that show guy like you eventually sometimes gets matched up one on one with a tight end. How does that happen? Oh, it does. Doesn't happen with me. Not now. Okay. All right. It seems like it seems like every time it does, it's just bad news for the offense. And I'm sitting there going, "Well, yeah. If you put a tight end on on one on one with one of these, you know, the handful of guys that are, that are at the top of the league, that's going to end poorly for you. But occasionally, it still ends up happening." God, I didn't see it last year, but I, I, I mean, we saw it with Hassan Reddick mm-hmm. and uh, exactly 
Reddick, and you mentioned Chris Jones, yeah. And he, I mean, he destroyed him. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, they're just they're not built to to pass block. I mean, that's just not what they they work on. It's not what they're they're doing. You have to be able to provide some help for those guys. And I think most of the times it's a mismatch because like they're providing you know, so much pressure on the other side or in the middle and they ha- they I mean there's only only so many so many guys to go around. Yeah, only so many guys to go around and you end up getting a TJ Watt on a, a tight end or Hassan Reddick on a tight end, guys who usually stand up, who can move around and they're not anticipating to be over there and then, then they have to adjust. All right, we gotta swing the, the front this way and then you're just hoping he can hold it. Uh, hold them up for three seconds, and uh, usually those Fingers guys crossed. are they're, they're too dominant to be held by a tight end or even a tackle for for that amount of time. Miles, we appreciate you for joining us. Uh, do you have a pick for the game? Have you, have you been making them around here? Eagles. Eagles? Yeah. All right, there you go. Miles Garrett, Browns defensive end, joining us here on the Tim Donnelly Show. We appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with more from Radio Row coming up next. This is the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Live from Radio Row inside the Phoenix Convention Center in the heart of Super Bowl country, it's the Tim Donnelly Show, presented by Dreamlawns on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, live from Radio Row, out here in Phoenix, getting ready for the Super Bowl. Nearing the end of our run here, the entire run in Phoenix has been brought to you by Dreamlawns. They also provide or, or present i should say our text line get your text in now 757-687-9494 uh also our connection right you're able to hear us due to the fact that larry king law presents our internet connectivity shout out to larry king law for that We're very appreciative of them and for presenting the show as always in the meantime it's about that time in the meantime it's about time to make our picks. We've been talking about this game every which way. We've been bringing an assortment, an array. We actually just did the uh, the math. 29, and we're calling it 29 and a half guests in the five days we've been here uh, because one of the guests came in a pair. So that was, we're calling that one and a half. Uh, so we've had just about 30 guests on this this week. We've talked about the Super Bowl with all of them. Uh, we've, we've looked at every different matchup within the game. We've looked at every different position group within the game. We've talked quarterbacks, defenses, line. We've talked about it with, with uh, Chiefs fans, Eagles fans, analytic people, non-analytic people that are all about their guts. And uh, it's finally time for us to make our official picks. Uh, you've been getting your picks into our text line. Again, the Dreamlawns text line, 757-687-9494 all day. You can continue to do so. Uh, again, they have timestamps, so we'll know if you send it in before or after the game. Uh, Robbie, I, I mean, I've kind of already made my pick, so I'm going to let you go first. Who are you picking in the Super Bowl and why? I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm picking the Chiefs 27 to 24. I think it's going to be a back and forth game. We've heard it so many times on the Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair. Whoever has the ball last is going to win the game. I do believe that. I do believe the Chiefs are going to have the ball last, and I believe they are going to win the game again 27 24. It's just really hard for me personally to bet against Patrick Mahomes. He is I, I did it once earlier in the season <laughs> and I regretted it right right after I did it because he just shows you time after time after time why he is the best player on the planet right now. And I can't go against Patrick Mahomes. I know how good the Eagles are. I'm a big offensive line guy. Of course, I love that Eagles offensive line. 
But, man, Patrick Mahomes is so good. He's going to be the difference maker in this one, and he's going to lead the Chiefs to another Super Bowl victory, 27-24. to 27-24 is actually pretty close, and, and my hands have not been on my, my keyboard at all here. Uh, my pick is Chiefs, and, and I have to be honest, I haven't allowed myself to realistically start contemplating changing it because, you know, I picked the Chiefs at the beginning of the year, and, and I don't want to be the guy that, that, you know, rides with the Chiefs all the way through the entire season, all the way through the postseason, gets to the, the Super Bowl and bails. So I wasn't ever really considering bailing, but... With that being said, I do value what the, the, the Eagles bring to the table. Uh, I do really like a lot of what Howie Roseman has done building that roster. I think experience matters. It's funny how earlier in the week, right, if you look at the guests that joined us in the Pitbull Tobacco, Pitbull Tobacco and More guest chair, at the beginning of the week we heard a lot about experience. There was a lot about the Chiefs have been here before, the Chiefs have been here before, this core, they have more people uh, two years ago, than three years ago, they've been here before. Had, didn't hear much about that Thursday, Friday. And I don't know if it's just because everyone got talked out by it, like we've said that before, we don't have to say it again, or, or if it's the Eagles throughout their media availabilities, throughout how they've carried themselves here in Phoenix, they've, they've made it seem like they, they are comfortable and they do belong, uh, and they're not tense or tight or whatever you're worried about with the, the less experienced team. Uh, so I, I I see a lot of good with the Eagles. Um, I just think it's it's in this sport. It's like having a pitching matchup in baseball, right? Great, your lineup's awesome. I'm picking the better pitcher. Great, the Eagles are awesome. I'm picking the better quarterback, and I believe there's no one on the on the planet better than Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, so I'm going Chiefs 28-24. Um, if I have to be specific, and I think it's fun to be more specific, I'm going to lay this out for you exactly how it's going to break down. And uh, either on Monday I'll get to do a victory lap and say I told you, <laughs> or this will all be a bunch of mumbo-jumbo that doesn't look like it makes any sense. Uh, but for now, I think the Eagles score first. I said that earlier. I think they are going to have an airtight first 15 plays scripted. They're going to come out like a like a cannon cannonball out of a cannon. Uh, that offensive line is going to be firing off downhill. The running backs are going to take over. They're going to run the ball, mash the ball down the field, score on their first possession. And I think because of that, that's going to give them a false sense of we don't have to attack through the air. We can control the ball on the ground. We can protect Jalen Hurts' shoulder. We don't have to be risky with the ball. We can run. We can run, which – is going to ruin their rhythm, right? They're not going to be in a rhythm to pass the ball for when they need to. Um, so because of that, their rhythm's a little off. Uh, Chiefs take a 14-7 lead right before half. So right, you know, we're talking like like two-minute drill before half type of thing. Uh, they, they get a touchdown. That puts them up 14-7 at half. In the second half, the Eagles come out. They're more aligned with their original game plan. Uh, they begin pushing around the Chiefs again. They take that lead, becomes 24-21, uh, and then – Patrick Mahomes leads a game-winning drive, uh, touchdown drive with less than a minute left. They only need a field goal. They punch it in with a touchdown, likely some type of big play. That That is the play that we'll think of when we think of this Super Bowl. That is the play that will be on NFL films with with dramatic music under it for the rest of eternity. And uh, and when that happens, I will be sitting there on, on Twitter. You can follow me at Donnelly Sports or on our text line text line at 757-687-9494 waiting for all of you to say wow you you predicted every last beat <laughs> of that team of that game of the way that super bowl broke down so again my pick chiefs 28 24 if you need more specifics you can go back and listen to this on the podcast page you can find it at priority auto sports radio 94.1
We did open it up for your predictions on the text line earlier today. We didn't get to this one. Uh, from the 252 says another Philly special. I love that. I wish I would have thought of that before I wrote my play-by-play idea <laughs> of how this game was going to go, but I'm going to put a twist on it. I think the, I think the Chiefs run the Philly special <laughs> against the Eagles. I think they do almost the exact same thing, except it, it is uh, maybe Noah Gray or, or uh, Fortson throwing the touchdown. Uh, right, big, lot of shifts, very Andy Reid, maybe a, one of those we hop around in circles huddles. Then they go up there, they run Philly special. It's a toss to Mahomes. He catches it for the touchdown. And then in a weird way, the Eagles actually have a statue outside their home stadium of the Chiefs play that beat them in the Super Bowl, which would be one of the more wild turns of events of all time. And then Andy Reid can look at his old, the team that eventually got rid of him. And, and by the way, on that note, uh, which is, plays into why I think the Chiefs might actually do this, there's a lot of talk about like uh, Andy Reid being revered in Philly still. Uh, Bill Barnwell uh, has always – he's an NFL reporter for ESPN – has always been very pro-Andy Reid, even towards the end of his tenure in, in Philly. And he, he spread some, some very uh, unflattering light on Philly's relationship with Andy Reid Andy Reid this week, where he went back and found responses – two tweets that he was saying pro Andy Reid. And there was a lot of Philly fans that did not want him around. They did not think he could coach. They thought the game had passed him by. So as much as there is like, oh, I love that franchise. Oh, I love that city. All the fans are great. I do think there is a little bit of vitriol buried within Andy Reid that wants to see Philly suffer a little bit. Uh, and, and wants to see them pay for the way they threw him out of town. Uh, and gr- Obviously, he went to Kansas City and had almost immediate success. Uh, and then once he and Pat Mahomes linked up, it's, it's been, been all there is, which is why I think there is a possibility that the Chiefs run Philly special against the Eagles. Like all the way down to when we get the, the mic'd up after the Super Bowl, they call it Philly special. <laughs> like they almost recreate it. Like I, I want Patrick Mahomes looking at Andy going, you want Philly Philly? Yeah, yeah, run it. Like, I want the whole thing. But, again, my pick, uh, Chiefs 28-24 over the Eagles, and I think it's a classic. I think these two teams are really good. That's why, you know, for only – I think it's less than ten times in the history of the Super Bowl, the spread's been less than a field goal. This one's at one and a half, and it's been steady there for a while. So it's it's, it's a very, very close, evenly matched game, at least on paper. Uh, We're going to take a break, but get your texts in now, 757-687-9494, because when we come back, we're going to play Does That Do Anything For You? And we have our big game trivia presented by Pitbull Tobacco and More and Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. Stick around. It's coming up next. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. All day, you've been texting the Tim Donnelly Show at 757-687-9494. Now it's time to read those texts and ask, does that do anything for you? On Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. That's right. Does that do anything for you? Brought to you by Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. And they also, along with Pitbull Tobacco and more, bring us big game trivia. Tim and I have gone back and forth each day this week where I've tried to stump him with some Super Bowl trivia since we are here at the Super Bowl. Tim, this is a multi-parter, sort of. <laughs> You've got two. I've got two. We've all, all week we've been talking about the Eagles. We've been talking about the Chiefs. Two teams 
that have been to the Super Bowl multiple times. Which NFL teams have never been to the Super Bowl in the history of their franchises? Okay, so I just have to name as many as I can? There are four of them. I will take that. Okay. I will let you know there are four franchises who have never been to the Super Bowl. Your job is to name those four franchises. All right, and as always, you can go ahead and text in your guesses, text in your answers to 757-687-9494. You will not be helping me because I'm not checking at the moment. My hands are literally behind my back. Uh, so so get your guesses in now. Again, the, the big game trivia question is what franchises have never been to the Super Bowl? Correct. And they have to be current franchises. We can't throw like Houston is, Oilers out that, there? That is correct. All right. Uh, the number again, 757-687-9494. That's big game trivia. Brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and More and Newport News Shipbuilding, a division of HII. Uh, Robbie, while everyone gets their guesses in, why don't you go ahead and read a text or two. From the 757 this texture believes that the Super Bowl is not even going to be a close game. They think it's going to be a blowout. Then they didn't give it. They didn't give a direction. Uh, Vegas would Vegas would disagree. Vegas says it's one and a half. Um, I gosh, I hope I hope it's close. They, there's too much anticipation for it to be a blowout. I the the one that always sticks out to me. I got together with a bunch of buddies. We were going to watch the uh, the Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl, and it was and 12 seconds into the game, the ball was snapped over Peyton Manning's head, and it got worse from there and it was such a bummer we were always like by the end no one was even watching uh so this one i just want i just want to be close just wanted to be close within a, a score or two that's all i asked nothing crazy from rome in norfolk he went with you did he said i picked kc at the beginning of the year and that's who i'm sticking with i always feel like we need full accountability on this uh i made four predictions at the beginning of the year as part of our kind of off season lead up to the to the nfl season i said the chiefs were going to win the afc and they were going to win the super bowl I said the Packers were going to win the NFC. I said Mahomes was going to win the MVP. And I said my dark horse was Indy. Uh, so it's really two out of four. Two were really bad. Two have been pretty impressive. Uh, I've gotten one nail on the head with Mahomes MVP. If the Chiefs can pull it out, then I'll have two, and I'll be pretty pleased with, with the outcome. But I do have to also mention I picked the Packers to win the NFC, and I, I picked Indy as a dark horse, and those look, look not great. <laughs> From Larry and Hampton, He's going with the Chiefs. He says, I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes because he's he's crushed my spirits in the past when I bet against him. I forget who it was. We, we mentioned earlier we had 29 and a half guests uh, this week. Um, someone very early in the year or, or very early in the week said, I, I've been burned before. I, I shouldn't pick against Patrick Mahomes. And I kind of guessed. And I said, oh, okay, so you're picking the Chiefs. And he went, no, 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 I'm going to do it again. Uh, and, and he went, went back and said he's picking the Eagles. So, uh, I forget again, I forget who it was. But, yeah, if you fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You ain't going to fool me again. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with the Chiefs. I'm not, I'm not bailing on them. Let's get into picking the teams. Okay, so the big game trivia brought to you by Pitbull Tobacco and More, Newport News Shipbuilding. The question was, which NFL teams have never appeared in a Super Bowl in their franchise? All right, I, I know one, Jags. That is correct. I'm fairly confident Lions. That is also correct. That's where my confidence runs out. And I know it's going to be one of those that I smack my head and go, how the heck did you not know that? Um, I'm going to guess Texans. That's another one. That one. That one's an obvious one. I would have been upset if I didn't get it. So I have one more. There's one more. And I don't want to give you a hint, but you you try You see Arizona. No. Oh, I thought you were nope. trying to hint that it was in the, in nope. the area. 
Um, we had somebody on that has a very special tie to this franchise earlier in the show. Somebody on today? This week, at some point, this week. Oh, this my person gosh. has a very close tie to this franchise. Now I have to, I have to, I have completely forget who we've had on the show. Now that you're, you're making me think of it on the spot. Um. Oh gosh, who have we had on? Who have we? That, that Frank Caliendo. Who? Who? What? <laughs> where does he have? Um. Uh. Ah, this is bad. Give me another hint. I'll take the loss. He was on today. He was on today. He sat right next to you. Two-time All-Pro defensive end Miles Garrett. The Browns. The Browns have never you know what? been to a Super Bowl. I, I thought I was thinking because Jim Brown won an NFL championship. Gosh, so I finished two and three on the week. That's bad. That's bad. That's one that I'm going to smack. The Browns, of course they haven't. They're the Browns. <laughs> Gosh. All right. My competitive nature did, did not. Lions, Jags, Texans, Browns. Jacksonville, Houston. Okay, everybody. You Googled it. Everybody, <laughs> everyone texting into the text line right now, you Googled it. I refuse to believe otherwise. I don't know. Maybe the microphone had me starstruck. Uh, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you to Dream Lawns for presenting the shows while we've been out here at Houston. Or, sorry, at Houston. Now I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm reading Houston. In Phoenix. Uh, gosh, I guess. You know what? The Chiefs are going to be today's top shot. They're my pick to win it all. Chiefs are today's top shot. If you want to be a top shot, Check out Freedom Shooting Center, the premier shooting range and gun store in Hampton Roads. Thank you to everybody that stopped by the booth this week. We had a blast. Thank you to whoever puts on all this. I'm sure the NFL has something to do with it. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Robbie for being out here, putting up with it all. Thank you to uh, Richie Somerville for keeping us up and running, and Dino, who, who also helped keep us up and running back at the studio. Uh, and most importantly, as always, thank you to Larry King Law for presenting the show. If you're ever injured in an accident, give him a call, 757-INJ. U-R-E-D. We'll be on, back on Monday, back in Virginia, to react to the big game. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed all of, our, all of our content from out here at Super Bowl Radio Row. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, everybody.